We look at the predicament councils are in, with some facing double-digit rates rises as they look to upgrade water and other critical infrastructure. How technology is helping criminals shift their wares, but is also helping to thwart them. After teen Jane Smiley, the author of nearly 20 novels, her latest work, The Most Important Questions, contains some personal reflections. And after 11, we get stuck into the political year with commentators Gareth Hughes and Ben Thomas. Six past nine. Tough decisions lay ahead for councils up and down the country, which are facing significant rates rises unless they tighten their belts further. Several councils, including Far North, Hamilton, Auckland, Hutt City, Wellington and Christchurch, are considering rates increases in the double digits. Exact numbers will be firmed up as consultation begins on long-term plans over the coming months. Many councils are citing pressure to upgrade water infrastructure, a responsibility which for now stays with them after Three Waters is repealed by the new government. The government's promising changes to ensure long-term investment in water infrastructure, it says, without putting undue pressure on councils. It says it will introduce legislation within its first 100 days, but the details remain scant. Local Government New Zealand President Sam Broughton's calling for urgent reform on the way councils are funded, describing the current situation as the tipping point for many. Kia ora, Sam. Kia ora, how's it going? Really good, thanks. Good to have you with us. First, though, Buller District Council Mayor Jamie Clines last year warned a 38.1, sorry, 31.8% rates rise could be on the cards, in large part due to need to the need to upgrade the water network. The council's now taken that back down to a 20 to 25% ballpark, but Jamie Klein says they've had to defer several projects to get there. Good morning to you, Jamie. Good morning, Catherine. Glad you averted a potential flooding uh, issue this past weekend. That'll have been a relief. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, but good to have another test run of emergency uh, response and things, and uh, we were certainly ready if the worst had happened, but we got away with it. Yep. Very good. Now, uh, the potential rates hikes, just explain how this happens, because councils often start off with very high numbers and then they come down, down, down. Is that what's happening with yours, or is it absolutely going to be double figures no matter what you do from here? Uh, well, I mean, obviously it is subject to consultation, but um, but yeah, almost certainly there's no way to avoid um, a number in the in the. Well, now we're looking at a twenty to twenty five percent overall rates rise for our district, and that's about half split between sort of general rates and then those targeted um, water and wastewater rates. What's driving such a steep annual rise? Um, look, it's just it, it's coming. A lot of things are coming to a head, right? So, so uh, you know, three waters reform was um, was clearly um, of benefit to small communities such as this. Um, the ability to, uh, to to group together with some of our larger populations um, to deal with the massive cost of investing in infrastructure to bring it up to the required regulatory standards now, as set by Tamata Arawai. Um, and so, really, the, the requirements for some of my small um, outlying villages and things in Nabula are the same as they are for, for Westport and also the same as they are for Christchurch City. So as an example, in, in, in uh, a little town just north of Westport called Waimangaroa, um, full compliance for that supply um, at the moment requires an excess of a two, two and a half million dollar water treatment plant uh, on a supply that currently doesn't have a water treatment plant at all. So uh, on, a, on a supply that uh, provides water to about 200 odd connections. So, you know, so the numbers, you know, just clearly don't stack up. 
um, to be able to to meet regulatory ex- expectations and um, and an affordable way for our communities. So, um, has that toughening up of the water regulations directly played into this? In some instances, involving smaller councils in particular. Um, look, I think so. I think that the you know you have to question whether or not the expectation that you can go to any little small um, you know rural farming village. Uh, in New Zealand and turn on the tap and expect the same um, uh, quality of water or, or security of that of the safety of that water um, perhaps is unrealistic that you get in the in the big city um, you know the gap for compliance for us on our seven water supplies is thirty five to forty million dollars in drinking water alone just from where we are now um, so, is you know, that so a result at all? Uh, is that a result at all of not keeping up with infrastructure upgrades, or is it driven by something else? Look, there has been significant investment into infrastructure. So certainly in the last three years, you know, despite spending more than $20 million and, and, and a real focus on infrastructure and beginning to try and close that gap, um, you know, the, the, the goalpost keeps shifting, um, not only in regulation, but just in escalation of costs, contractor costs, uh, and the normal inflationary environment that local government operates in. Um, and so, so the gap really isn't closing. Um, certainly in Buller, we've had some exacerbating um, effects of the, you know, of the major Westport floods. It's certainly um, put a lot of compromise, a lot of our uh, stormwater systems. And part of the flood protection work required for Westport, you know, requires quite a rethink of, of some significant components in stormwater, uh, including things like pumping and that, which doesn't doesn't exist to any great degree now, and that's hugely expensive and currently unfunded. Okay, so aside from three waters, which would have provided. Uh, what's called balance sheet separation. We're going to talk about this. It means that the money being spent on water infrastructure does not appear on council's books. There are various ways of achieving that. But it would not be on your books, and it allowed for more borrowing. Um, if we take that out of the picture, if, 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 if you had stayed on that track where there was a funding solution for that, would you still be heading for big hikes? Are there other reasons? Um, well, as I said at the start, around about half of that sort of 20 to 25% rate rise is, is in the general rate. So we are seeing creep, you know, and significant uplift in, in contractor rates. Um, obviously, you know, staff costs, uh, escalations, insurance costs are a huge thing. Um, uh, um, audit, audit is massive um, for a council like ours as well. So there is, there is across the board increases um, in, in sort of our background costs. Um, other infrastructure, obviously, um, roading network. Uh, you know, we're, we're taking a sort of hold the line asset preservation sort of approach, but that's certainly not investing in in, uh, in brand new bridges and and uh, you know some of the things, some of the resilience things we would like to see on our on our roading network, for example. Um, they're all literally being deferred and kicked further down the road. So even at this even at this kind of level of investment that we're proposing in this long term plan. Um, we're sort of holding the line rather than uh, advancing things. Is flood protection in its entirety also a big driver? Uh, flood protection at the moment, you know, is, is well largely that's sitting with the West Coast Regional Council, and there is a significant pool of government money uh, being put uh, towards that twenty twenty three million dollars. Uh, so that's going to go a long way towards that. What wasn't funded though, and was referred to the to the new three waters entities by the previous government was the stormwater component of the Westport flood protection. And we think that's probably around $15 million, and it's, uh, and it's absolutely integral to the ability to defend Westport. So, uh, so West Coast Regional Council and Buller District Council 
clearly working together on the on the final design of what that flood protection looks like. But ability to deal with um, with pluvial uh, flooding that, that will be exacerbated as a result of the um, of the flood protection walls um, will require pumping and that which doesn't exist now. What have you had to defer to try and get down even to twenty to twenty five percent as a rates increase? Look, some things have been um, have been slowed down and, and pushed out to other years. So, so we've sort of it's a bit of a smoothing effect. So you end up with a, with a lower rate rise this year, but then perhaps higher rate rises going forward. So, for instance, year two of the long term plan still is another fourteen to fifteen percent rate rise. Year three is about eight or nine. So you know, so this is ongoing um, cost yeah. uh, escalation. And, and what would for, be for the payments. what would be the rates on the average property in Buller, uh, residential property? Uh, so residential in, in Westport is sort of three thousand eight hundred to four thousand. That's if you include the, um, the the stormwater and wastewater charges. That's not far so, you know, so, so, metro rates, is it? Yeah. So the average Westport rate payer now is paying eleven hundred dollars for drinking water and about another eleven hundred dollars for their wastewater surge. Okay. Um, so you know, so that so so you can see why the three waters are, are reformed, talking about around about you know fifteen sixteen hundred dollars for for both of those services is a significant saving for places like Westport. So, what's your view on the incoming government's position on what it's dubbed local water done well? Um, I don't know who they pay to come up with titles like this, but um, <laughs> delivered already would be would be handy, wouldn't it? Uh, the the concept of balance sheet separation achieved by having external entities set up is gone. Uh, And what do you understand is the plan to replace it? Councils will retain ownership of the assets, but that also means ownership of the liabilities. What's your understanding of what happens from here? Um, and also ownership of the responsibility, right, to meet the regulations. So, 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 uh, you know, there's no sign of the regulations changing. So that that's kind of the problem. It's the uh, the standard has stayed the same. The ability to fund it now sits back with our uh, with our buller ratepayers. Um, and you know, and these sort of numbers that you're seeing that we're talking about today is is the reality of what that will look like. In fact, you know, in some cases, doesn't even include some of our really small supplies where we literally just say, look, we, we, we can't even put them in. It's not even a number worth presenting. Um, look, so, so it doesn't look pretty. So what we need really is is, is some new funding model. Um, um, you, you know, our ability to borrow, we certainly could borrow a lot more money, but the risk is for a community that lacks uh, um, significant growth, like historically we've been a, a low or no growth um, district, uh, you know, the risk of borrowing, um, you know, doubling our debt, which is effectively what this would require, um, and settling those future generations with servicing that debt is, is a huge risk if you don't know for certain that you're going to be able to grow your way out of it. You so that- perhaps some some form of um, of alternative model, um, what seems to work reasonably well here is like the NZTA, the transport agency's model with the um, funding assistance rate. That takes into account things like geographic isolation and, and economic deprivation, um, the state of the asset, all of that kind of thing, you know, and, and they arrive as an example, all of the local roads in, in, in Buller are um, 75% funded by the agency. So, you know, so some model along that which would help districts like this out meet compliance would be would be perhaps something that would be worth looking at. There is no such agency for water, though. There's a regulator, but there's no such agency for water, right? Funding agency. No, and, and so that may be something that the new government with local water done well is, is that they're looking at. Um, certainly in terms of the... the, the Concerns I have around um, stormwater and Westport flood protection. Um, on, I have written to, to Minister Brown 
um, seeking his urgent uh, urgent consideration of, of what happens there because uh, uh, that is you know that is really unclear and likely to be a hold up to the project you know within the next sort of six to twelve months I would expect. Have you had a reply from the minister? Uh, not yet, but that was just pre Christmas, so um, obviously with the break and things, um, I'm hopeful that he'll be turning his mind to uh, to, to that pretty soon. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, and to be fair to to. To, to Maureen Pugh and, and the ministers, you know, they have indicated that there is a discussion to be had with small communities like this. So, so certainly not ruling out that they have a plan um, to, to come and help uh, with, with what that funding might look like. But uh, as yet, no clarity on what that is, and that is a concern. Thank you, Jamie Klein, who is Buller District Council Mayor, or Buller District Mayor. Sam Broughton, let's bring you in again. A local Government New Zealand President, also the Selwyn District Mayor, it's facing a rates rise of 20% or higher. How typical is Jamie's story and your story, and what are the commonalities, Sam? Oh, I think we're going to see double-digit rates increases across the country. It's not just going to be Jamie, and I want to congratulate Jamie for facing um, the issue head-on and recognising you can't just continue to kick the can down the road, um, saving money this year and only putting the pressure on um, on future years. So we'll be looking at between 10 and 20% here in Selwyn. Um, um, well, it, it may be low 15, you know, 13 to 15%, but it's still double digits, and, and that's a lot higher than councils have traditionally charged their ratepayers year on year. We've seen sort of between 3 to 8, 8% uh, be quite normal. Now we're talking in the teens and the 20s and some floating numbers higher. I asked what was common. I know there are particular issues in particular districts. I was talking to one of the Wairapa mayors about very specific project upgrades uh, in his area. But is there a commonality in what's driving this? And if so, what yeah. is it? Well, inflation is common to everyone and the cost of inflation for councils is much higher than the cost of inflation to households. So, you know, that's talking in the 10 to 14% range already. So councils did nothing new in the coming years and only paid for what we did last year. We'd be looking at double digit rates increases to do that. So uh, communities don't want to go backwards. Councils were elected to lead um, their districts and cities into the future. Uh, and so investment in the future means that councillors now, 15 months into the job, uh, are hitting the year of the long-term plan and needing to make decisions that take New Zealand forward. Uh, holding the line um, is good for a while, but in the end, we do need to think about future investment, growing New Zealand, uh, and the place being better for our children rather than them struggling with these same decisions that we are right now. How has the new government's repeal of the Three Waters plan impacted this situation? Uh, well, for some councils, that's been what they've wanted uh, for the last 18 months. Uh, they've, they've looked to have that change, so they're really pleased at the moment. For other councils, they were looking forward to having the certainty of knowing that uh, the balance sheet separation was going to happen, that the debt would be taken off their books, and that it would become someone else's responsibility. So there's a mixed feeling in local government at the moment. What we need is certainty. So really looking forward to the Minister's um, announcements around what's happening with local water done well. Uh, I met with the Minister last week to discuss um, a range of issues, but really looking forward to that one in particular, because certainty at the moment is what local government okay. needs. So some of those councils who wanted three waters ditched, one of your neighbours was a guest I recall, they resisted it on the basis they'd spent the money to keep their infrastructure up to date. They did not want to take on the liabilities of others, and they did not want to lose the local control of assets they believed they'd managed well. Have some councils neglected to do this, unquestionably? I think we can look across the country and recognise that the water and wastewater systems, and wastewater is actually the biggest problem, uh, haven't been managed in a way that sets New Zealand up for a great future. We've got a 
underground assets deficit in many um, places that needs dealing with. And that's also um, got to recognise that some councils have done this very well. Uh, and so that's the, that's the issue, isn't it? Why should one council sort another council's problem out? And council to council, I don't think we're going to see that same level of collaboration uh, that's okay. needed. New you Zealand's see- got the problem. New Zealand government needs to sort out the problem and come to the party and, well, you and need help to us help with legislation that, that enables it. You need to help me with that and what your understanding of that is, because it's quite vague trying to get a grip on the funding side of Nationals policy. It seemed to be going into the election was it was that it might encourage the same kind of collaboration between neighbouring councils uh, and, and the potential attached to that, uh, even the potential for balance sheet separation by by using some kind of an external entity. And it was also going to retain the stick of forcing it if necessary. Is that your understanding of where they're heading? heading? Because if not, where is the money, the billions, tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions over the next 30 years, coming from? Yeah, well, previously it was mandatory collaboration. Uh, and so whether there's collaboration or not, I'm not sure. Uh, but it did mean that um, we were being forced to work with one another. Uh, at the moment, we don't have that same stick there. And when mayors are elected, they're elected to do the best for their district and their city, first and foremost, and so if that means increasing costs for your city to pay for someone else's space, that can be a challenge for some. But I think we do need to think about New Zealand Inc. here. We do need to think about regions working together and we do need to think about the greater good. And so uh, until we can see what the funding proposal is from the new government, it's a bit hard to speculate. So what on, could on the what funding proposal be? Because straight off the bat, no one's going to want to collaborate with the council that's got the biggest liabilities and has done the least. Some would argue they're already in that situation. It's a discussion for another day um, by means of a shared water entity. But there's no question, is there, that without the stick, why would you take on a neighbouring council with a bigger liability? Does there have to be government funding? I think there's many mayors in the country that can see in the medium to long term actually giving up some short term pain is worthwhile. The Hawke's Bay has done some great work to think about what collaboration looks like. And that's not fair in the first one or two years. But if you're looking over 20 or 30 years or the life uh, of the infrastructure itself, which might be 50 or 100 years in some cases, uh, actually there are benefits in collaboration and working together and having a greater number of people paying for those things. So uh, it is happening across the country. But if it doesn't happen everywhere, it can leave some people out. And I don't think we can afford to leave some New Zealanders behind. We don't have what the funding plan is yet. That's what we're waiting for from the government. They haven't said they are going to put any new money in. I I agree with Jamie's comments around... NZTA and the way that that um, is funded. Uh, there's a sharing of uh, responsibility that goes on there, but the government hasn't said they've got a pool of money and they haven't seen it in their budget. So okay. at the moment, so this, we're not sure where that's going to come from. So this idea of balance sheet separation again, that there's a separate entity, probably involving several councils, big enough to be able to borrow on the markets in its own right, is it feasible if not in the form of the previous government's plan? I don't, I don't know what the new government is considering there. We haven't been shared the detail, so okay. I can't speak to it. Sorry. Is there an even more fundamental issue with the council's funding model being based on rates and rates based on some nominal property value? A hundred percent. You've hit the nail on the head. It's an unsustainable model to expect that homeowners pay based on just the value of their home and the capital and their property uh, for all the services that council have to provide. At the moment, there's no uh, council's 
invest hugely in economic development, and yet the return for that economic development doesn't come back to councils. It's all captured by GST uh, and income tax that goes to the government. So we need to think about some form of revenue sharing uh, that could be in the form of uh, whether it's city deals and regional deals. We've seen those across um, different parts of the globe work well. Uh, and so future deals needs to be done in New Zealand that enables a, a better sharing of, um, of the dollars. There's also other tools that we could use, congestion charging, bed tax, fuel taxes, Although we're seeing um, RUC RUC being the way that the government wants to move on um, on collecting but for roads. They all and, go to central government, don't they, those funds? Uh, at the moment, uh, the ability to put in congestion charging and bed taxes and fuel taxes are very limited for councils, uh, in fact, excluded in, in many places. So we would like to see a toolbox approach for funding for local government that enables the right income to come at the right time. Um, at the moment, it's rates and then a few charges, you know, swimming pool charges and things, but that doesn't cover the same quantity that rates do. So can we just finish on the urgency of this? Councils are trying to do their 10-year plans, uh, which are obviously long-form documents with big numbers in them. When do you need answers specifically on the funding of the water infrastructure requirements? Over the next couple of months, we need to see certainty around the water infrastructure uh, and we'd like to see some changes in the toolbox approach to funding over the next 12 months. And one of the biggest changes that could happen really quickly is a four-year term for local government that would double the amount of usable time that elected members have. Uh, and instead of having a year of jostling uh, and then a year of working and then a year of getting back into thinking about elections again, we'd get two years in the middle. It would be a massive change for New Zealand. It would lift the productivity of local government. And I hope that in the next 12 months we could see the government take on 12 months for local government. It would be a trial for New Zealand. I think we should do it for all um, central government as well, but maybe let's do one step at a time. Local government first, see it work well, and then the rest for New Zealand. Thank you, Sam Broughton, who is President of Local Government New Zealand. 27 minutes past nine. What are your views? What's the rates increase you're expecting in your district and how well positioned are you to deal with it? Nine to noon at rnz.co.nz. Text us to 2101. Uh, also, we have a statement from the Local Government Minister who's concerned to hear about ratepayers facing large-scale increases. However, he says the government doesn't have any responsibility over setting local rates. He refers to local water done well, the policy that the party has, the government now has and says it will ensure sufficient long-term investment without putting undue pressure on council's books. We will look forward to the details which he says will come soon.